Hi, this is David Steele of the Orlando Magic and Fox Sports Florida, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! What's up, Magic fans, and welcome to episode 11 of Penny for Your Thoughts. My name's Mikey. Uh, I'm joined by Paul, uh, the man with the moves, Mr. Floss. <laughs> Evening, mate. How you doing, Mikey? You well? Yes, mate. Thank you. All good here. I'm not responding to you about it. No way. It's it's going to go up one day. It's going to go. Fair, gonna... I would love to claim that there was beer involved. Unfortunately, I can't. Not on that. <laughs> not on that occasion. And uh, and then we're joined by uh, our friend from Wales, the Welsh Josh Cohen. Evening, Gary. Thank you very much. Evening. How are you? All good, mate. All good. And we are absolutely delighted to be joined by our friend, uh, Mr. Steele, David Steele from the Orlando Magic and Fox Sports. How are you, David? I'm doing great. You know, we got one Clark and one Bacon. So we got we got Gary Clark Jr. and Paul, <laughs> Paul Bacon, Dwayne Bacon now on the team. So now all we need is a Jones, which you would think we could find a Jones somewhere in the world that could play NBA basketball in Orlando. And then we, <laughs> you guys would be all set. You got so, it. The question is, should I get a bacon shirt? Oh, yeah, no question. You have to get one, Paul. That should be your first uh, first order of business. The, the question, the worry I've got is that I'm known to wear Biffer and 68, so people recognize it from that number. I'd be, would I be diluting my identity? Not at all. Not at all. As long as you got, <laughs> as long as you got bacon on the back of that jersey, I think you're good to go. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you for joining us. We, we've been trying to recruit a Jones for two or three weeks, haven't we? With, uh, we have. With no luck Derek, so far. Derek Jones Jr., he's already spoken for, right? That's right. That was, that was our shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got loads to go through uh, this evening. Um, we're going to talk about some magic news. We're going to break down the uh, first half of the regular season roster. Um, a quick shout out to everybody who's... Uh, who's been downloading and listening to our, our episodes. We've done 10 through so far. Um, and we've had over 200 people downloading an episode at a time, which is mind, mind boggling really. So considering we've only done a few shows up to now, uh, but hopefully we can carry on having some great guests on like David um, and Dante, who we had on a few weeks ago. Um, so yeah, thank you for all your subs subscribers and everything else. So cool. Uh, so, first thing tonight then, uh, the Magic announced today that Terence Ross has been experiencing discomfort in his big toe, and uh, an MRI revealed he's got a non-displaced hairline fracture. Um, T. Ross will continue to take part in non-contact practice activities, but he will continue to be evaluated. His return to full contact work will depend on how he responds to treatment. Uh Geraint, what was your first reaction to the news? Oh, it's a bit of a blow. Um, you want all the guys in training camp, um, everyone getting to know each other, know the system that Coach Clifford puts into place. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be too long. So fingers crossed for a, you know, a quick, healthy return. I know he's doing you know, non-contact drills at the moment uh, from what the team said. So um, you know, hopefully he can stay in shape. Paul? Yeah, my reaction was uh, something similar. Not public. Shouldn't be on this broadcast, but there we go. Um, so we'll say it was no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's good to read that he has said he can play through it um, and that he can do shoot. He's still shooting and doing his cardio work whilst the toe heals. Um, it's, it's not what we wanted to start the season because with the other issues we've got around injury, which I know we're going to cover shortly again. Um, he had such a big big role to play, but fingers crossed it's not going to be a long-term issue for us. David, how do you see the uh, the rotation possibly changing during pre-season? I'm not sure how how long we think he might be out. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think we really need to be concerned about it at this point, Mikey. I mean, we're, uh, we're still uh, several days away from the first preseason game, and 
We've got four of those. Um, the first regular season game is December the 23rd. Today is what, the 7th. So we're talking about 16 days out. Uh, it sounds like somebody stepped on his toe um, and they, they discovered some, he, he had some discomfort. They did a um, x-ray and found a hairline fracture, very small. Um, I, I, I think uh, it's not gonna be very, a very significant injury. I, I wouldn't uh, get too concerned about it. You know, now if, if a week from now, if he's still not back out there and, uh, and, and going pretty much at full speed, then, you know, there, there may be some reason for concern, but um, I don't think, uh, don't think you need to start looking at the second unit at this point. I saw what Terrence said. Um, he's very confident that he's, he's good to go. Now, if this were in the foot, you know, the foot or the ankle, um, those are the, the hairline fractures that you're, you're concerned about. That's when guys go into a boot. And, uh, you know, you don't see them for several weeks. But uh, in, in the big toe, I think that, you know, this, this probably is going to be a pretty minor situation. Let's hope for it. Fingers crossed. We don't need to start with injuries already. We had our share in the bubble, didn't we? <laughs> we had plenty last year, didn't we? Um, so the other news uh, last week, uh, Steve Clifford revealed that Mo Bamba and Al Farouk Aminu will not be ready to participate at the start of training camp, which started on Friday. Uh, Bamba's still working on his conditioning. Uh, there was an article by Josh Robbins last week who, uh, who who said, Mo said to him that he hadn't felt any symptoms from COVID since June. And his words were he was working his ass off to get back in peak shape, um, which sounds pretty optimistic. Paul, what, what are you thinking? What do you think about Bamba heading into this season? I think the uh, the article you just mentioned by Josh was a really interesting article on The Athletic. Um, first thing that struck me was that Mo actually came out and said that he isn't a long COVID sufferer, uh, which was something we we discussed previously, um, which is excellent to hear. I know he said that um, he hasn't had any symptoms since June, uh, slightly contradicted by what Jeff Weltman said recently. Um in an interview in November that Mo was still dealing with the back end of his COVID issues. So, okay, not symptoms, but clearly still issues arising from uh, that illness that he'd had. Um, it's good to see he spent the last two months um, having doing three and a half mile runs uh, on a daily basis um, and court work in Orlando. He'd also been down to California, Red, to uh, have a month working with a personal trainer. So he's clearly putting the work in, which is excellent to hear. Um, Reddy's dropped some weight as well, um, down to about 240. Um, and feeling better for that. I know he bulked up massively last season. Um, what did we see out of him last season? Disruption, obviously, his minutes dropped. However, um, we did see his three-point shot improve. Um, shooting at almost 35% and he continued to block at an elite level. Um, he was, he got 86 blocks on the season, which ranked him 17th across the total NBA, um, which was 1.4 per game, uh, which is joint 12th in the NBA. So he's clearly got the ability on the defensive end that we already know. Um, interestingly, most said that he wants to have a clear goal from the magic set for his growth and nice to see that his personal goal is that he wants to carve himself a bigger role within the team. Uh, for the season, we know that entering at this moment with the health issues, he's behind, well behind Vooch. We all know that Vooch was taking a lot of his minutes last season because we saw Vooch's minutes grow. Um, and I think you can argue that he's actually behind Kem as well, because Kem, every time he's called upon, has come in and done a stand-up job for the team. So the good thing that we've got at the centre is, is some depth, and it allows the Magic to be cautious on his return. We don't need to rush him back, uh, which is nice. So I think that we can expect to see him come back not too quickly. When he comes back, we know he can play D and we know um, he can stretch the court on the offence. Um, I expect that we see his four-year option taken up uh, as we've already, as they, when they signed him, he was considered to be a long-term project. So we just want to see some better offensive play from him. 
um, and being a little bit more willing to bully on the court, I feel. So that's my take, mate. Cool. Uh, meanwhile, Alfred Camino underwent uh, arthroscop- an arthroscopic procedure. I haven't even had a beer. Uh, last, <laughs> last week to help swelling in his right knee. Uh, Farouk had surgery in January to repair a torn meniscus after playing in just 18 games last season. Uh, gee, we need we want to see Aminu back. What's your thoughts, mate? Absolutely. Uh, you know, he signed a three-year contract, 29 million uh, off-season before last to fill a void, uh, something we, we lacked against the Raptors in that playoff series. Um you know, he's got career numbers of 10 and 7. Uh, we didn't quite see it last year in the 18 games, as you mentioned. Uh, he averaged 4.3 points, 4.8 rebounds, one assist on 29% shooting. So we know he's capable of, you know, bringing a lot more to the team. Um, but what you get with Alperu Camino, you know, he's played on four ball clubs before this, a 10-year vet, um, and the Magic will probably look to him to uh, mould you know, your Chumo Kikis, uh, Aaron Gordons, all the younger players. Um, it's unfortunate because Jonathan Isaac, uh, as we know, is missing for the season and is clearly, you know, a, a lot of minutes there available at the forward spot. Um, but, you know, he's a mentor, a vet- veteran, good character, locker room guy, and he sets a good culture. So, um, be greatly missed. Um, and we lose that on his defence. I uh, was just looking at some stats and he averaged, well, according to the Basketball Reference website, uh, he posted at least a 2.0 defensive um, win share and a positive defensive box plus minus in every season he's participated in the NBA. So that's some some stat to have to your name. So it's unfortunate. We'd like to see him back uh, to bring along the, you know, the rookies, the younger players, and um, we look forward to having him back on the court. David, how, how important do you think it is for, for the Magic to get Mo and Farouk back? What, what do you expect to see from them when they're back fully healthy? Well, you know, Paul, did a, you guys have done a great uh, breakdown of those two players and, and what they possibly uh, potentially mean to the team. Um, but you're right, Paul, uh, with Vucevic um, clearly becoming one of the elite centers in the Eastern Conference, if not the NBA, um, and, uh, and Kim Birch, a solid backup. Uh, there's not an urgency to bring Mo back. And that is definitely a long-term situation. Uh, You know, he's locked into the organization. The organization is committed to him. Um, He's had, unfortunately, several injuries that have slowed his progress, not just this one with the COVID. The COVID is, uh, I heard Jeff Weltman again today um, say that it's uh, the tail end of the COVID is what he's dealing with still, um, which, you know, that could mean conditioning. It could mean that, um, you know, I, I don't think he still has symptoms of any kind, but um, is just getting back to NBA playing shape. So I think that we'll see him probably sooner than Aminu. That, that one is a little more concerning um, because he had uh, you know, major surgery um, a year ago and they had to go back in and clean that up. And, you know, uh, what's the saying about uh, uh, the only minor surgery is when it's somebody else. There's no, no such thing as a minor surgery if it's you. So I am a little bit more concerned. I don't know how long that's going to take to get uh, Farouk back on the court and without Isaac, you know, that, that, that's a little bit of a blow, but I tell you, I was encouraged by Gary Clark jr. In the, in, in the bubble. I, I think we may have just a, you know, I I'm not talking about an all-star or uh, you know, but just a solid NBA rotation player who understands his role um, is a great guy in the locker room. His, his teammates like playing with him. He can make a three point shot. He was the defensive player of the year in a very high-level college conference in, the, in his college career. He's a very good rebounder, defensive, offensive, a little bit of shot blocking. Um, so I, I think we're okay at that position uh, without too many more injuries. You know, we can't suffer another Aaron Gordon type. Uh, you know, Okiki needs to stay healthy. Aaron Gordon needs to stay healthy. Um, Dwayne Bacon is a guy that's going to be able to play some two and three, I think. So I think uh, I like the team's depth at this point right now, even without Bamba and Farouk. Um, I think this team has more depth going into the season than we've had, had in many, many years. Well, Garant can uh, give Al a little phone call, can't you? Because you've just uh, recovered from a meniscus surgery, <laughs> I, haven't you? <laughs> I have, yeah. Had some knee surgery, what, five weeks ago now? So uh, I've been cleared for running next, on the next 
the Thursday coming. So, uh, yeah. And we can say it didn't affect your shot, G. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good or bad? He never had one. <laughs> Um, on on Friday, the NBA, NBA released the first half of the 2021 uh, regular season schedule. Uh, the second half of the schedule is going to be released towards the back end of the first half of the season. Uh, the schedule's up on orlandomagicuk.com. All the dates and all the tip-offs are with UK tip-off times for, for everybody over here. Um, some of the key dates, uh, Tuesday the 22nd of December, we've got opening night. Uh, we've got the Warriors and the Nets and the Clippers and, yeah, that other team in LA. Um, the 5th to the 10th of March, we've got the All-Star break. Uh, then the second half of the regular season will run from the 11th of March to the 16th of May. Uh, we've got the NBA trade deadline on the 25th of March. Um, 18th to the 21st of May, we'll have the play-in tournament for those teams that finish uh, 7 to 10. Um, and then the playoffs will start on the 22nd of May. Um couple of notable things the magical tip off at home against the Miami Heat on the 23rd of December uh, 11 of the first 17 games are against teams that have made the playoffs last season um, and 11 of 17 are on the road to start including six back-to-backs um, Garrett's had a look at December and January so what's your takeaways from the from the schedule G well as the great Larry Bird once said 41 at home 41 on the road it is what it is. Albeit it'll be 36 this year. So, um, you know, um, what's key for the Magic, I think, is for us to get off to a good start. Uh, the last two seasons, we started three and seven, two and six. Uh, it's put us on the back foot a little bit. Um, so I've had a little look. Um, of course, you've got the, it's almost every year, isn't it? We, we open up against the Heat. Um, so that'd be uh, an interesting matchup. Uh, followed up by a back-to-back in Washington where we get to see Russell Westbrook and um, I nearly said John Wall then, Bradley Beal uh, with a couple of um, other new teammates. So that'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, if they've uh, got it going together. So there's, you know, there's an opportunity there to, to perhaps pick up a W or two. Um, but some winnable games coming up in December and January, um, other than the, the Wizards, we've got OKC a couple of times. Um, of course, what, what with their roster moves and literally trading everything for a pick. Uh, we play the Cavaliers twice on a back-to-back. The Rockets on the road, where we've, we've had great success in Houston. And um, Mr. Harden hasn't been turning up to work, um, I hear. So, you don't know, do you? We might be playing half a team. Um, so, you fancy us to pick up a few wins. Um, there is a bit of a gauntlet in there, starting on the 9th of January where we go to Dallas, we host Milwaukee, we're at Boston twice, and then we move on to Brooklyn. Um, so uh, let's just get through that um, best we can, I think. Um, then we play the Knicks, the Wolves, the Pacers. So there's chances to pick up a couple there. The Hornets on a back-to-back, uh, followed by the Kings, Clippers and Raptors. So, I mean, I've gone through it and I can see us potentially floating around the 500 probably more likely 10 and 12 for that period so you know there's an opportunity there to get off to a better start than what we have um and just kick on then for the season and paul's had a look at february and march yep i have um i'm i'm actually with garan i think that by the end of uh, by the end of the first 10 games we certainly have an opportunity to be at the 500 mark, uh, which would be superb. But as we come into February, by by that point of the season, any benefits that we've got from the continuity that we're going into the season with have gone. As by that point, we will be 22 games in. Uh, so at that point, we have to hope that we are fit, that we've got some of the young players um, contributing well and that we haven't, uh, say, we haven't got any new injuries and perhaps a couple of the other guys have come back. We open February with uh, a three-game homestand, including two games against the, the Bulls, uh, which is on a back-to-back. Um, I know that we're going to come to looking at Chicago later, but that's going to be an interesting battle because they are important fixtures as they seem to be one of the teams that we are going to be fighting with for... A position in the playoffs or in the uh, play-in tournament. 
Um, after that, the schedule takes a little bit of a turn because we have um, a tough four-game road trip uh, out west where we face Portland, Golden State, Sacramento and Phoenix. Um, and the Warriors and Kings games are on a back-to-back. So that's going to be a, a couple of tough nights. Uh, we then return to finish off um, February with seven of eight games that we play at home um, that takes us into the All-Star break. Uh, we've got games against the Knicks and two games against Detroit. They're very winnable. The final game that we play before we go into the All-Star break will be a very interesting one because it's our first look at Atlanta. Um, and again, we're seen as potentially battling them. So that could be a big game. Uh, there's, as I say, we have, for me, there's three distinct points as we get to that part of the season. We have to have hit the ground running so as we're going in with some confidence. Um, we have to have seen some progress from the likes of Gary Clark. Hopefully, Dwayne Bacon will have found some of the spark that he was showing in his rookie season under Steve Clifford. And we want to see uh, Cole Anthony and uh, Chuma Akiki having some contributions that we that we we're all excited about their their prospects. So um, if the team can stay healthy, we can be. I think by the end of that schedule, going into the All-Star break in a good position. How difficult do you think this season's going to be, David, in terms of obviously last year was a bit of a, was really challenging with the bubble. Um, and obviously this year is going to look a little bit different to a normal season as well. How, how do you see it playing out and, and what sort of challenges do you think the Magic are going to have to overcome? I think all the teams are going to be battling uh, the uncertainty of COVID, the uncertainty of injuries with uh, a lot of back-to-backs. Uh, you know, you guys have already talked about, you know, the schedule, it comes fast, it comes hard. Um, teams that can stay healthy, that have uh, good good uh, luck with that, I think are going to have, obviously going to have a huge advantage. We didn't have that last year. I actually thought that when we were healthy, toward the end of the regular season, we were one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. I, I felt like that the last two years, so um, I'm bullish on this season um, with, uh, you know, the understanding that you're going to have to stay healthy. I mean, I, I can see a lot of teams in, all around the NBA. If, if luck goes poorly for them, um, I think there's better balance in the East, and especially in the Eastern Conference. So even, you know, you're looking at teams that you're saying they're a lock for the playoffs. Um, I, I believe, guys, there are going to be some surprises. Um, I felt that way in the bubble because – we've never done this before. This is all new. I mean, you can't just say this is what has happened in the past. And now this is what's going to happen now, because um, we've never done this before. We've never played in empty arenas. We've never had a pandemic worldwide that, um, you know, is, is in everybody's heads. What, what about the character of your team? What about uh, the mental toughness of your players? What, what about the maturity of your players? Are they going to stay safe off the court? Um, are they going to do the right things? I think we have a group of guys that are going to do the right things. And I think we have a group of guys that are really going to be working hard together. They like their coach. They, they, they play hard for their coach. So um, I, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get too carried away, but I, I think we're going to have, a, if we stay, if we can keep everybody out there, um, you know, and keep, keep this thing going, I think we're a better than 500 team. And, um, you know, I don't care what the other players, what the other teams have. I, I, I think Steve Clifford and the staff and these, these guys will find a way to get their victories and they're going to fight. And uh, I think it's going to be a very good season. I see improvement from uh, Markel Fultz. I think uh, the young guys um, are going to get better. Um, I, I've been impressed with Cole Anthony and, and Okiki. I have been able to see a couple of practices in the first four days and, um, uh, I think, you know, the fans are going to they're going to see pretty quickly. These guys are maybe a little more mature than uh, than you would expect uh, the, the ordinary rookie coming into the league. So they're going to make their mistakes because that's what rookies do. But uh, they're they're going to be they're going to help this basketball team. So I do like the depth. I think if we can stay healthy, we're going to be a factor. Um, you know, hopefully we can we can avoid that seven, eight, nine, ten play in. But, uh, but I, I actually think, I mean, I see a lot, you know, most fans seem to seem to think that, you know, we'll do well if we can just get in that play in. 
um, I, I think the team can uh, can strive for even better than that. I really do. Uh, I think we understand there's a there's a huge booklet the NBA have sent out of all the different protocols and stuff that they're gonna that teams have got to comply with during the season. How's it going to change for you this season, David, in terms of traveling and getting to the games and being in the arena? Do you not know? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, you know. we know. We're, we're not traveling. We're, we are okay. not traveling. Yeah, at least for the first part of the season, um, we're starting out doing all the games uh, from the Amway Center. So Jeff and I will be uh, in our broadcast, and we're moving off the floor. The new protocol calls for uh, broadcasters to be 30 feet off the court. So um, we won't be on the court. We'll be up 20, 20 or 30 rows um, and we'll be broadcasting from up top a little bit, a little bit on the, at the Amway Center for the home games. And then for the road games, we'll go to the same spot and have our monitors that we had in the bubble and broadcast uh, remotely. So it's not optimal. Um, it's not the way, you know, it's hard to, to do your best broadcast, but um, I think we, we got pretty comfortable with it and, Jeff and I feel like we can we can do a good job, so uh, we're looking forward to it. But um, we we much prefer to be out and you know get the feel of the crowd and talk to the other broadcasters, uh, opposing coaches and players, and you know just uh, there, there's nothing like being there in person, as you guys know. You know you 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 view most of the games remotely, and when you go to the Amway Center and experience the NBA live, you, you get a feel for for the energy and the excitement. Well, it, it's no different for a broadcaster. You know, that filters through, I think, on our, our broadcast. But uh, that's the way it is right now. That's what we have to deal with. So we're glad to be going back to work, however however that may look. Absolutely. Mikey, at this point, yes. can I just ask the question I was going to ask later on? Go for it. Because it ties in nicely with what David's just been saying. I w we were all really, really impressed at what you, at the broadcasting, the commentary that you and Jeff and Dante came up with during the bubble. Um how what challenges were there being remote from the arena watching uh, commentating via the live tv feed you know a lot of broadcasters are doing it right now i mean i'm watching i, I guess uh, that's probably true all over the world um so you know there's no there's no reason to really even complain about it but it is different um, um i'll tell you the big the big difference is you can't look around and see you know just get a panoramic view of if I want to look down to the opposing team's bench and see what, you know, the body language of a player or a coach or an official talking away from the ball with the player, uh, you know, just little things. I, I could think of, you know, many other types of scenarios where, you know, maybe when, when, when play slows down, it, it ball, you know, a dead ball situation, you look around, you're, you know, you're just, your eyes are, are darting everywhere, just picking up little signals about what's going on. You, you lose all of that. You know, you get only what the camera gives you. Um, uh, the, some of the calls, when, when calls were made, Jeff and I would look at each other like, I, what was that call, you know, non-verbally. And um, so you just, uh, what you have to do is you just have to pull back and wait until you can really figure out what's going on. Otherwise, you're just kind of babbling about, I don't know what that call was, or you try to avoid that type of commentary that really goes nowhere. Um, in the end, Jeff and I, we, we figured things out and we feel pretty comfortable doing a remote broadcast, but we really look forward to getting back out on the road with the team. So let's have a look at the uh, the Eastern Conference. Last week, we broke down the uh, the Atlanta Hawks and Charlotte Hornets, who we've got in preseason. Uh, but there's a few other teams that are likely to be in and around where we think we might finish. Um, so we're going to have a look at the uh, the Wizards, Pacers, and Bulls. Um, G, what do you think yeah. about the Wizards and and the moves they've made, especially uh, Mr. Westbrook? Yeah, so I mean the Wizards finished twenty five and forty seven, good for ninth in the East, uh, good seven and a half back of us. So uh, you know um, they've made quite a few moves. Moves. Um, the most um, important one, I suppose, is uh, trading John Wall and the first round pick for Russell Westbrook, um, which has sent shockwaves through the league, really. Um, you know, it's not often an MVP gets traded consecutive seasons, uh, especially one like Westbrook, albeit he's, you know, uh, 30-something. Um, he's still a, a very, very good player, great competitor. Um, so you couple Westbrook with Beal. They've uh, re-signed Davis Bertans for 
80 million for over five years. Uh, come to an agreement with Robin Lopez, one year, 7.3 million. They drafted ninth, a guy called, bear with me, Denny Avdia. So I think I did that all right. Oh, do you want <laughs> to have a go? It up. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know there's a reason you gave me Indiana. <laughs> I should explain to David, I have a little bit of a problem on pronouncing Victor's surname. I seem to add an extra O. So instead of being Oladipo, it's always Oladipo. So oh, I knew okay. full well That's why, you why Mike Indiana. gave me Indiana, because I'm going to have to be saying his name repeatedly. So from here on in, he's going to be referred to as Vic. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, so they've got, you know, quite a few decent players. Thomas Bryant, Isaac Bonga, Ru- Rui Hachimura, uh, Troy Brown Jr., all very good young players. And then you couple up the roster with Ish Smith, Raul, ne- Raul Neto, um, so a lot's going to depend on how Beal and Westbrook um, play together. But Scott Brooks needs to get, you know, everyone playing the way he wants them to start playing. Uh, so it's probably favourable for us to be playing them early on, um, just before they find their feet, hopefully. Um, so they've got a very talented roster. But for me, it all they, they'll go as Westbrook goes. Uh, Beal will get his points. Um, but Westbrook is the driving force in that roster. Um, we see what he did in OKC with Oladipo, um, where you know he molded him to be a, an all-star player. So, you know, he, he could push some of the other wizards along, um, you know, to be very good players. So, uh, they'll they'll be in and around where we are, I believe. I think for for Washington, if if Beal and Westbrook can stay healthy, then I think they're going to be a little bit of a problem. But depth seems to be their biggest issue, doesn't it? If, if a few people go down hurt, they're not going to have a lot of really good rotation players that can really help the two of them out. Um, I'm interested to see what David thinks about the Wizards. Do you think they're going to be a challenge for the Magic to, to finish in and around those playoff spots in the play-in tournament? Yeah, I think that they are, uh, they are definitely a, a, a possible team to to. to... I'm sorry, I lost you guys. You still there? You're still here. We've got you. Okay, still here, David. Um, yeah, um, I think they're they're like you said. They're they're a team that could be right in there around the 500 mark, um, but uh, we'll see how they are defensively too. I mean, uh, I, I'm just not sure how the the Westbrook Beal. They're obviously they're going to score a lot of points. They're eating up uh, the basketball. They're both going to they're they're going to dominate. Westbrook's going to dominate the ball, and Beal's going to get his points. So they're two very talented offensive players. They have great shooter uh, in Bertans on the perimeter. So uh, they're going to score. They weren't a very good defensive team last year. I don't see that changing a lot this year. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good about uh, the chances that we can we can stay a notch ahead of the Washington team. But they are going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be uh, interesting. And like you said, Mikey, they, their depth is uh, questionable. If they have some injuries, I think they could, they could have some serious problems. This coach got something to say as well. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he's weighing in on something. I'm not sure. We got a lot of dog, dog walkers outside the house right now. It's a little earlier here than it is out, out there. So uh, what do you think about Oladipu then, Paul? <laughs> say, there was, it was never in doubt that you were going to give me Indiana. Uh, mate, I think they're quite interesting. Um, coming in from last season, came in 45 and 28 fourth in the East, uh, but swept by Miami in the first round of the playoffs. They approached the off-season with next to no cap space and little opportunity in the draft. Uh, Missed out on supposedly uh, pursuing Gordon Haywood, which has been quite a big thing reportedly for them. Uh, Biggest change they've made is picking up Raptors former assistant coach Nate Bjorgren, Hope I've said that right. Um, as their new head coach, he's said to be an offensive-minded coach, which will be interesting because the Pacers already have an elite defense sixth in the NBA last season. So if they can add some offense to that discipline that they have and the game that they have in the, on the defense, they could be a hu- that could be a huge bonus for them. Uh, the minute they came in, they finished last season ranking nineteenth offensively. Uh, beyond the coach, they've effectively 
had to run it back. Uh, they only had a second round pick in the draft and picked up a guy, uh, Cassius Stanley from Duke, 21-year-old shooting guard who's gone on a two-way contract. So he's going to be splitting his time between the G League and the NBA. Um, they've re-signed Justin Holiday and Jakar Samson in free agency. They've moved uh, TJ Leaf, but let's be fair, they had good depth. Um, and I expect them still to compete with a starting potential starting lineup of uh, what Malcolm Brogdon, Victor, um, TJ Warren, Savonis, and who we're looking at? Oh, Miles Turner, with backup of Aaron Holiday, TJ McConnell, who always comes on and gives a good performance. He always try. He always works so hard. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, and then the shooting of Doug McDermott. They've got some. They've got some good backup. Um, they've got a good team, so I think that they will be competing. Their actual issue for me is when, when, and if they reach the playoffs, not getting swept in the first round again, because that's been their issue. That they, uh, every time they've gone into the first round, they've gone out very, very quickly recently. So, but yeah, I think they'll be a good team, and I think they're going to compete. Um, whether or not they reach fourth, because Miami. And Brooklyn, you would expect to have improved around them. We'll see if it drops them back down the pecking order a little bit. But I expect them to be a solid team again. Do you think the Magic can... I don't want to say stay pace with the Pacers. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> I should have about that. But there we go. You can let me know about that one. Um do you, do you think do you think the magic are on the Pacers level, David? Do you think the magic can push them for? Do you think we're in that next tier up from where we were? I think we can push up close to that tier. I I, I think Paul is probably right. I don't think Indiana is a top four team in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, again, all of this is contingent on let's say every team stays healthy, which we know is not going to happen. So. Um, but Indiana, they, I like their starting five. They don't like the magic. They don't have a superstar player. They have a lot of good players. And if Victor Oladipo gets back to uh, close to an all-star level, Vic, as Paul likes to call him, um, <laughs> if he gets back close to an all-star level, then that, that's gonna, that, that could push them a little bit higher in the Eastern Conference. But um, I think that, that's, uh, that's a big question mark. You know, that, that injury was apparently pretty significant. Um, you know, it's it, 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 he didn't get it back last year, maybe with you know, a little more time to get ready. Um, we'll see the old Vic. But um, but I think uh, uh, if we can stay again, if we can keep guys out on the court, um, I, I like the chemistry of the Magic team. And I think we could push up there right around where Indiana is. Uh, I think the other potential team that could, to, could come into that little tier is is Chicago. Um, I think the main move that they made was was hiring Billy Donovan, uh, who famously the Magic hired. Um, it did turn out too bad because we had Stan Van Gundy a little bit later on. David, I'm going to go back to the Bulls in a minute. What do you remember about that situation where they hired Billy and then he said, actually, I don't want this. I'm going to go back, back to college basketball. It was a strange uh, couple of days, for sure. I mean, you know, I used to broadcast before I, I came to the Magic, and then in the '80s, I did Gator uh, basketball and football. So, you know, I had a lot of confidence there, and I found out Billy was coming. And um, I, you know, the the backstory is that uh, he, he obviously he second guessed his decision and pulled out about 24 hours after he had he did a press conference. He actually did a big press conference in the practice facility and. Um, um, all the media was there. It was a big deal because, you know, he's Gainesville is about 90 miles from Orlando and the Gators are a huge force in sports in the, in the Sunshine State and especially in Orlando. So um, for the University of Florida coach to leave the Gators and come to the NBA Orlando Magic, it was a big deal. And then he turned around and went back to Gainesville. Um, like you said, Mike, it turned out well for him because uh, he went on and, uh, and, you know, did great things with the Gators and then Oklahoma City. And, uh, and, and the Magic came out pretty well with Stan Van Gundy and a trip to the NBA Finals. So it all worked out fine. But he is a good coach, and I agree. I think that's the big move they made. They didn't significantly change their team. And uh, I don't see them as, as a team that will challenge for one of those even top 10 spots, maybe 
maybe 10, maybe nine, 10, if things go well for them. I'm not going to count anybody out because, again, I think it's an uncertain situation and they do have some talent. But um, I think all things equal, uh, they'll have a hard time uh, making the playoffs again this year. But they're on the they're they're on a pretty good track, I think. They got some good young players. Yeah, and the other player that they drafted this year was Patrick Williams, who was a bit of a surprise going at four by a lot of mock drafts. Um, he he's been added in. Uh, like I said, there's 13 of the 15 players from last season are all returning for Chicago. Um, they let Chris Dunn leave, who went to Atlanta. Um, but it's really that core group of Zach Levine, Larry Markinen. Um, Otto Porter, who only played 14 games last year, had a foot injury and just couldn't stay healthy. Um, I think, like we've already said, I think they're that that tier below. So looking ahead to how we think the season might play out, um, for me, I think there's a clear top six in the East with Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia and Toronto. That next tier down, who, who gets into the play-in tournament? <laughs> I'm going to throw us to David first. Who gets in? Who misses out? And do you think there might be who might be your surprise? Hmm. Well, I've already I've already kind of indicated that I, I think uh, I think top end we could avoid we could avoid the play in. I, I I do. I think I think if you finish, there's going I believe there are going to be a number of teams that are right around 500, and uh, two or three games over, two or three games under. So you know if if you're finished three games over 500, that might be good for sixth place in the East. Um, and I think Orlando is a team that's capable of being an over 500 team. So I'm going to say that uh, we'll be either right there at six, seven, eight, one of those three spots. Um, Atlanta, it's, it's hard to imagine with all of that talent. We haven't seen it together. That's the thing. You know, we haven't seen those guys play together. So, but on paper, they look, they look pretty darn good. That starting five is good. They've got some good depth, but we haven't, again, Let's see it. We've got continuity. We've talked about that. Um, we've got good players too. Um, so I'm not sure they pass us, but I think certainly they're talented enough to be right up there. Uh, Washington with Westbrook is now uh, certainly a factor. Um, and Charlotte with, we haven't even mentioned Charlotte, but Gordon Hayward is going to make them better. Um, but but I, I think, we, you know, I would say Washington, Atlanta, Orlando, who am I missing? Um, um, Indiana, maybe those were the teams. Did I miss one? Washington? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably the group. I mean, we've been talking about all around it. We've been talking about it. Um, it's going to be very competitive. I think that 7 through 10, the play-in tournament, is going to be fascinating. It's going to add a, another level of excitement to the NBA, both East and West. The East is better this year. That, you know, that 7, 8, 9, 10, um, these teams are better. Chicago could be in, in that mix as well, as we talked about. They could be right there at nine or ten. I think we all agree that the play-in tournament's a, a good thing. That I remember, was it Memphis and Portland in the bubble? Yeah. It was probably one of the best games I've seen for quite a while. So I think that's a good thing. G, what do you think? How, how's it going to play out? Well, David's just read my mind. Um, <laughs> I've pretty much got exactly the same in terms of my notes, uh, the same teams. Um, I can see the man Magic finishing eighth. I've got him down for. So could be a potential player. I don't know how many games back you need to be within. Um, I don't know if that's been announced yet or if that's even a thing. Um, I think it's just but, seven through ten, Garrett. I think it's just seven through ten. So it, it really doesn't matter how many games back this, this time. It's all just right. the standings, right? Oh, fair enough. I was thinking if you were 10 games ahead of nine, then it's not really fair, is it? But um, oh, if that's the case, then, yeah, you want to be aiming for six. But, um, yeah, it, it's all very interesting. Um, like David said, I can see the magic being pretty good. So uh, let's think, keep our fingers crossed. Paul? I think I said last week that I can actually see the magic if we stay healthy, uh, being pushing for the six spot like last year you know we you and I Mikey last season genuinely felt that we had the ability and the opportunity to push for the, the sixth spot um, circumstances dictated that we ended up not doing um, this season yeah the East as David has said has got hugely better and it's good to see people migrating back to the Eastern Conference 
Uh, we all know that Brooklyn are going to be better. So do we, do we see the, them finishing above us? Who knows? We, ha we haven't seen what the chemistry is for various of these new pairings yet. And there's no guarantee that putting two stars together is actually going to result in a successful team. So I, I think if we stay healthy, we can push for six. I think that we're likely to be in the seventh or eighth spot. Um, Atlanta, you know I'm not convinced still. They've got some good players. Um, they've got great offence. But last season, they they weren't brilliant on defence. So if you, can, if you can stay with them scoring-wise, you can beat them. Um, so, yeah, I think that we're likely to see that top... I'm, I'm not going to disagree with David, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that as, if we can push for six, we are capable. And beyond that, um, I think that we're likely to see Indiana down around us, Washington around us, um, probably Atlanta as well. Yeah. There was a stat I saw uh, on Twitter that uh, saw somebody put out, and I thought it kind of sums up last season. Uh, we only had Fultz, Fournier, Gordon, Vucevic, DJ, MCW and Ross available at the same time for 20 games last year. And they never played in more than four games in a row. So when you consider... That sounds like, uh, that sounds like is this anything? Uh, there you go. <laughs> I think it's that is something. It's a bell from I me. Think. It's something, but is it anything? That's the question. Yeah, yeah. everything's <laughs> something. But that goes to show, doesn't it? If we can stay healthy what a difference that can make in terms of our being competitive and trying to jump and trying to avoid the play-in tournament and finishing that little bit higher up. Um, moving on then, um, we've got some uh, questions, question time with David. Um, I'm going to throw the first one to G. He's got a couple for you. Yeah, okay. cool. Go Thank it, you. Uh, well, pronunciation, we've uh, touched on the topic a couple of times today. So, what NBA player, David, all time was the most difficult to pronounce? Maybe it's because my, my memory is kind of short, Garrett, but um, there was a guy last year, Jeff and I laughed about it many times for Washington, and we both struggled on the air with it. And uh, seriously, it's, it's one of the most difficult names. I, I'm not even sure I can even try to, to replicate <laughs> what we tried to say, but his, I think it's Pasechnish, Andreas Pasechnish. There's just a lot of uh, shishes in there. And I, we, we both fumbled through the whole game. And, you know, as and we joked about it before the game started, that we were going to struggle with this name. And then sure enough, the guy got like 30 minutes and took about 12 shots and, you know, had rebounds and was all over the court making plays left and right. We had to call his name a lot. So we laughed about it a lot during the course of the game. But um, that one, that one stood out when I saw that uh, we we might be talking about difficult pronunciations. That's that's the that's the that's the worst one, the most difficult one for us, for me, and for Jeff, both of us, uh, in a long time. Cool. I, I remember that broadcast. That was uh, yeah, it was quite funny. <laughs> it was pretty comical, wasn't it? Yeah. Paul, Paul can you say Yanis? Come on. No, I'm not going to put you there. I'm not going to do I'm that to you. How close, David? How close? Not very good. You Paul. don't have to answer. Not very good. But you know the uh, the Milwaukee, their media guy, their media people tell you how to pronounce, and we asked their people, you know, and they said it's Adeta Kumbo. You know, all the Bucks people, but we hear, I hear national broadcasts. And uh, JT and I talk about it all the time about how, why, why is that one so difficult to get everybody on the same page? Because apparently that's the way the, the, the American pronunciation is Adetokumbo. And uh, so that's what we go with on the air. But I hear all kinds of different pronunciations um, from, uh, from even the, you know, the, the highest level of uh, network television. Thanks for making me feel better, David. <laughs> yeah, people all, you've always people got the back. Appreciate it, yes, sir. Right. Uh, my my second one, David. Uh, be so kind. A bit of story time with David. Um, it's going back to the nineteen ninety six season. You've been on your fair share of road trips. Um, one that springs to mind is 
that one uh, in 96 where you got stranded in Allentown, Pennsylvania by a snowstorm and ended up in a hotel with a couple of uh, different sets of people, shall we say. wonder if you could just uh, share your story with, uh, with our listeners. Well, I don't know if we have enough time for, for all of uh, for the whole story, but we'll give you the what we call here the Reader's Digest version. I don't know if you have anything to, to frame a reference if that makes any sense to you, but it's yeah. the shorter version of, uh, of what happened. Um, it was in January, and the team had played in Cleveland the night before and had a game that was on a Saturday night, and the next game was uh, scheduled for Monday in Philadelphia. And so the team got up, got to the airport Sunday morning on the way in the air to Philadelphia. And there's a huge storm coming up the East coast of the United States. And um, the pilots thought they could beat the storm. They thought we, we would land in Philly before the storm got there. Well, the storm moved faster than anybody thought. And it's this huge nor'easter up the East coast. Uh, airports were closing left and right. And the options, as I recall, we had were to return to Cleveland go home to Orlando or land in one airport that was still open on the East Coast, and that was Allentown, Pennsylvania. And the decision was made by whoever, the pilots or the coach, um, whoever made the call to land in Allentown. And so the plane landed in a snowstorm in Allentown, Pennsylvania, um, bus to the hotel, the, the Allentown Hilton, with three feet of snow uh, you know, piling up, the storm still, still, uh, still going strong. And we got snowed in there in the Allentown Hilton, um, got home Tuesday afternoon. This was Sunday morning. Didn't get home until Tuesday afternoon, played a game that night, got off the bus, went straight to the arena, played a game on Tuesday. But from Sunday until Tuesday morning, the team was with Shaq and Penny. Uh, this was, uh, I think, 1996. No social media, no Twitter, you know, no, no information coming out of that hotel, no video. There is no record of this. But we were in the, the Hilton Hotel with um, uh, a, a punk rock group who I later found out was uh, Marilyn Manson. In fact, I, I put notes down in my book, my scorebook, um, you know, all through the years, the 30, 31 years of broadcasting. And if, you, if, I, if, I could, if I had it here, I could hold it up and show it to you at the bottom of the, the page of, uh, of the game. Uh, the next game I wrote snowed in with a, a, a punk rock group. The, the name of the group was Marilyn Manson. I didn't even know who they were. They were, I guess they were pretty new back then. They were playing a Hilton. They were playing some arena in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So that group was in, in the hotel. A um, Sesame Street Live on ice had performed the <laughs> night before. And there was a wedding party in the hotel as well. And uh, only a handful of the, uh, the wedding party people could arrive because the storm was so bad. So it was kind of a sad situation with the bride and a groom and just a handful of people, a little polka band playing in the, you know, in the, in the ballroom and the, the couple sitting at a table with their, their hand, uh, their head in their hands, kind of sad. So they were there and uh, that it was just bizarre. I mean, the, the only thing that was open was the, the sports bar. And uh, so every, you know, you had every meal uh, that was Sunday and Monday and, and Tuesday morning in this sports bar and every, all these people were in there. And, uh, you know, Shaq was playing pool with Marilyn Manson, the, the people in the band, Shaq and Penny, and everybody was just in this room. It was like the ballroom scene from Star Wars. It was so crazy. <laughs> and uh, I, wish, I wish there was video. I wish that we had some photographs. There's nothing. Um, it's just the memories that those of us that were there have. <laughs> that's, all, that's all that's left of it. So I'd have taken that. The, the Orlando Magic at my wedding. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking I would have loved to have seen Marilyn Manson get on stage with the polka band. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that happened. I don't know that they went in there, Paul, but uh, they were they were in the hotel. That would be something. Well, you know, it's so you, strange that I've had it's so strange that I've actually had to go back because it's like, did that really happen? And it's a long time ago, and maybe two years ago, I went back and I Googled you know, Marilyn Manson concert tour, 1996. And they were, you know, sure enough, they were in Allentown. I just wanted to make sure for my own, you know, I've, I've been telling the story for years. And uh, so I, you know, I went back in Sesame Street. I found all, it all happened. They were all there. And so, uh, you know, it's just so bizarre, but it really did happen. Maybe. 
we got a couple of questions from a couple of our UK fans. Uh, first one from Alan Kane. Uh, what's your magic all-time starting five? Well, there's uh, there's four that, you know, the Mount Rushmore of what we call, you know, the top four. And uh, it's pretty clear. I mean, there's some teams you have to think about it, but you, if you if you're a huge Magic fan, it doesn't take very long to come up with the top four names. So it's uh, it's Shaq and Penny and T Mac and Dwight. Now you got a problem because Shaq and Dwight are both centers, but you're not going to bring either one of those guys off the bench, right? So you got to start Shaq. You got one of them's got to be your four. One of them's got to be your five, and I, it doesn't matter which one. Neither one of them are a four. But you got to start both those guys, right? So those two plus Penny and and T Mac. That's a pretty nice, you know. That one Penny's your one. T Mac is a two three. But I think if you're starting Shaq and and Dwight, then you you better have some shooting. You better have some floor spacing around those guys. So I would the fifth starter. I would go with Dennis Scott. I gave it some thought, and uh, Dennis was a good playmaker. He was probably the purest three-point shooter him and JJ Redick but I think I think Dennis was even a, a, a better three-point shooter than Redick uh, just the ease with which he shot the ball he was 6'8 um, he, he was a he was a good playmaker too so he would be my fifth starter so it would be Penny T-Mac Dennis Scott Shaq and Dwight how's that awesome. fair enough it's not bad is it you take it <laughs> You Would you guys man. plug anybody else in that fifth spot, or do you anybody disagree? My, that myself, you, wouldn't bring, Shaq, I, you wouldn't bring Shaq or Dwight off the bench, would you? No, no, no. I'd have Nick in there because Nick's my boy. I'd have Nick in yeah. for 3D. Yeah, that, you could do but, that. I also thought of Hito. I thought of Nick, Hito, Dennis. Those are, the, those are probably the three that uh, you would consider for that spot. Uh, another one from uh, Lewis Rushworth. What stands out as your favorite magic memory in all the years you've been commentating on the magic? Well, I think it has to be uh, the 1995 playoffs, the second round against Chicago um, game one. You know, it looks like we, we've lost game one. Michael Jordan has come back from his, his hiatus playing baseball. And uh, everybody thought the Bulls were going to beat the magic. Nobody even though Orlando had a better regular season, I don't think any expert really expected Jordan to come back and his Bulls to lose that series to Orlando. And they had the lead. Clock was winding down. Um, Garen Sky, Nick Anderson makes the, the defensive play of, uh, of all magic history, uh, poking the ball away from uh, Michael Jordan from behind. So he steals the ball from the greatest player of all time. We get a dunk at the other end, Penny to Horace Grant, win game one. To me, that that uh, if that doesn't happen, I don't think Orlando wins that series. I think Jordan and the Bulls, you know, just build on that. That was a young Magic team, probably unable to uh, to overcome a loss like that. So to me, that was the greatest moment, the biggest play. Um, you know, the first time that Orlando had a great basketball team made it to the NBA Finals, and that was uh, that was that was a great moment. That would be number one. I think we probably all agree there. Uh, right, moving on. Magic trivia to finish off tonight's episode. Uh, the last time I did this, it didn't go very well, um, but I've double-checked on my answers, so I don't think I'm wrong, so we're good. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do, um, I'm going to ask you all for an answer at a time. We're going to go around in the same order, starting with Paul, David, and then Geraint. Uh, in the 31 years of Magic Basketball, Orlando have finished with the regular season with a record better than 514 times. Can you name those seasons? Okay, so 18-19. Yep. David? Oh, we're going to just name one at a time? Yep. Um, okay. It has to be over 500, not 41 and 41. Over right? 500. Okay. Well, what, did, what did Paul say? 18-19? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. let's see. So the first uh, 93, I'll say I'm going to go an easy one, 95. 95, 96. G? I'll go 94, 95. Paul? Oh, no. See, you you always do me, don't you, with history? Who's <laughs> 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 <It was> 2012? <laughs> um, 96. Add that one. David, we've had it. 
I'll, I'll let you have one though. 96, 97. No, that's what I mean in 96, 97. There you go then. The following yeah, year. Yeah. Splitting hairs now, young man. <laughs> David? I'll just go the next year, 97, 98. That was a plus 500 team. I've got that down as 41, 41. Oh, really? Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was the year we lost Uh-oh. to the New Jersey Nets. We, we finished ninth. That was Penny. That wasn't the... Uh, that wasn't the short season. That was that Penny's was, that uh, was the next year. problems that year. I'll, I'll let you yeah. have another go. I'll let you have another go, David. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. There was another. Uh, boy, I tell you, it gets a little tricky in the in the T Mac because there was a forty-one, forty-one, and there was a forty-three, thirty-nine, and um, I get I forget which one was which. Maybe I better. Uh, Maybe I better go with like a an 07, 08. Yeah. That's that's an easy one. He he okay. or Hedu, as cool balls him. <laughs> one most fan, <laughs> one most improved player. I, I again, David, I transpose letters as well as struggling to say names, I then transpose letters in names. <laughs> Love it. That's okay. I'll go night. 98-99. Correct. The first lockout shortened season. That was the yeah, we had Matt Harpring and Mike Doliak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul? Uh 2008-9. Correct. Second finals run. David? 9-10. Eastern Conference Finals. G. I'll go 10-11. Correct. David, you've got five left. Five left? Is it me? Is it up to me? Oh, yes. Um, so it must be um, 0102. 0102, yep. That was, that, my, was that was my first season going to watch Orlando, 2002. There you go. What was that, 43? 43 wins? 44 and 38, yep. Four. G? Uh, I'll go 06, 07. No. No. Rats. I'll let you have another go. Okay, 93, 94. Correct. Lost to the Pacers 3-0 in the first round. Paul, you've got three left to choose from. Um, I forget 92, 93. That is an incorrect answer. That was a 41 one season. <laughs> Shaq's rookie season, that was. But no, it's 41 41. Have another oh. go. Um, go the year before then. No. Oh, David shaking it already. <laughs> right. Mate, you know, let, let G answer. I'll let, right. I'll let we'll, we'll get, you know what? We'll I'm struggling. Warning. David? I'm going to say 0203 because I know there were, I think there were back to back years with T Mac that were 40, 44, 43. He knows. Is that right? T Mac's first scoring title that year. There you go. Forgot that one. 42 and 40. Got two left, G. Well, 0304 isn't one because that's the season nope. we started like 0 and 19. Well, 1 and 19, sorry. Um, oh my gosh, this is hard. Do you want a hint? Uh, I- yeah, go on. Uh, T Mac won most improved player that year. Oh, so that's um, 2000, 2001. There you go. 43 and 39. We've got one to go. Should we go, David, to finish it off? Yeah, I should. I need a board uh, with the years that we crossed off. It's a bit cruel, this last one. Yeah. I've got them all written down, David. <laughs> So I, it, I I think it might be one of the uh, what what was the two thousand was that a forty three win I think there was a forty three win was that 2000? 2000, 2001. Yeah. Okay, that's one I was thinking of. So oh, it's a little oh, bit later. I'm thinking it was in that in that range. So I'll say it wasn't oh three oh four oh two oh three. I would say oh two oh three. Keep going. <laughs> oh one oh two. No, no. I've already, this, got, I've already got that one. It's sooner. Uh, it was. Shall I round it off? It was the sh- yeah, it was it. the second lockout shortened season. Oh, the, that's right. 11-12. 10-11. 10-11. 
kind of like the Dwight Mayer season, I think that was. Yeah. So we've kind of kind of put that one out of our mind a lot. There you go. <laughs> Good stuff. There you go. Done. There's your 14. Ooh, that was tough. That was a hard question, Mikey. I it know. Was, Good one. Good one, that one, there mate. There you go. There you go. Cool. That wraps us up. Uh, David, thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for uh, giving us your time. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thank you, guys. Is Sally ready to push you out of the house now, by the way, and get you back on the road? You know, I think she's out on the uh, <laughs> on the roof decorating uh, for Christmas, so I better get out there and help her before it gets dark. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Well, hopefully we can have you again I'll have you on again in the near future. Um, no doubt. No let's question. Ha- let's we'll have a again. good season and uh, let's have something to shout about this season. Hopefully we'll see you in Orlando sooner rather than later. I really hope so too, guys. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thought podcast from the guys at the Orlando Magic UK. Please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify and YouTube. Check out our website, theorlandomagicuk.com the UK home for fans of the Orlando Magic and supporters by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, the NFL and many more. Follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!